Hello, beautiful people. How your spirit doing? How your spirit doing? I hope your spirit doing great. Welcome back to another episode of Peace Talk Podcast. I am Day Peace, a comedian. Even though I ain't been on stage since March seventh, and I'm like, I, I, I am very much still optimistic as i had another show cancel on me you know everybody's wondering about the state of comedy and like oh will people will comedy clubs you know happen and you got to sit six feet apart to laugh and look i know as much and, and as crazy as things are and, and i'll be honest with you our industry is definitely you know going through a lot of things i still believe once this is all over we we're gonna be fine uh, I can't wait to get back on stage and make people laugh. And the last episode, I had my first comedian guest on, and I thought it would be great and um, only makes sense to bring on a second comedian friend of mine. Not only is he a friend, not only is he insanely funny, but uh, he's somebody that I look up to. I consider him to be like the blueprint. He is someone that has definitely created his own lane and his own opportunities. And uh, I aspire to do a lot of those things because when I move you know, from Arizona to Iowa, I'm like, how do I make things work? And uh, this gentleman is originally from Greenville, Mississippi, and he's now in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And again, when I got here, I'm like, how do I make, you know, this work? And he's very much have done it. Uh, his name is Adrian Washington. Very, very, very funny guy. He actually also um, just released his own comedy album as well. He's been doing comedy for over 15 years, has, you know, four different dvds out and this is his first time where he actually released an audio album and uh it's called cut from a different cloth if you uh guys want to you know he'll tell you how to get it but if you want you got you got to go through him uh he's also got a podcast which i was actually just on his podcast called comedy and kinfolk uh i hope you enjoy our conversation if i could be real with you here's what happened when when i was doing the recording uh we did the recording obviously over the phone and all of my audio uh, did not record. <laughs> so uh, all I had was his audio, which is great because uh, Adrian is someone that can really just kind of talk and share. And he made the editing process of this episode very much easy. What I had to do was go in and insert uh, every question so that you kind of can like you understand you know what we're talking about you miss out on us talk you know you miss out on us kind of going back and forth and laughing a couple of times but i feel like you still get the heart of this episode so i hope you guys enjoy my conversation with adrian washington i hope you guys uh support him check out uh his album and uh enjoy guys You have a podcast also called Comedy and Kim Folk. I was just on your last episode, episode 34. Tell me what is one of what has been one of your favorite episodes, or at least for someone who's never like listened to uh an episode, what's what's one that you were like, hey, you should start with this one? The one if if you've it probably be the one me and my wife did. But like that's what's been dope about here. Like I've had the mayor come do it, I've had the chief of police come do it. You know what I'm saying? Like people who are pretty important to the city. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to, to take time out of the day and come do my podcast, like means a lot. So I like the one with me and my daughter is pretty dope. Um, just because like she just talked and there was like things I didn't know that came up on like the podcast. You know what I mean? Um, my brother opened a new restaurant. So he was, he he's done it. Um, I've done most of my comedy buddies that could make it at the time, you know, I've done Corey Adam, I've done Pierre, I've done you, I've done uh, my buddy Michael Shines, who's like this 
super talented singer, man. So it's, 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 I love them all. I love them all. You know what I'm saying? With the COVID right now, things have changed a little bit, but then I found out I can do them over the phone like ours was. And that one sounded pretty good. As I mean, volume wise, it sounded like you were sitting right here. So a lot of people, me and my wife, have, she's probably my most, she's probably my most fluent, my most frequent guest. <laughs> it's not like being, not being able to have people over, you know what I mean? And it's like, she's just, she's in the house. So, and a lot of people, you, you probably get this too, but a lot of people want to know what the wife of the comedian thinks. What's your, what's your real life? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and then she's been, you know, my wife, she works the doors at my shows, man. There's not too many shows I go to that she's not with me at. So people definitely wanted to, uh, even my, like when I go live now, my, my views are always up when she's there. <laughs> They're always up when she's there. <laughs> when they figure out she ain't on there, I see the numbers go down. So how long have you been married and uh, to Laura? And like, how did you guys meet? Um, June 21st will make six years, man. And I knew she was the one, like, cause we did the long distance thing. She's from, uh, Olympia, Washington. Right. So we met, we met through like a mutual friend. So we did the long distance thing for like seven months, but then that seven months we had got to see each other like four times. So that was our thing. When I first flew her out, I was like, man, if as long as we ain't got to go no more than two months without seeing each other, we can make it work. And the day, like what was weird was like, I had only seen pictures of her and like the craziest thing was like, I seen, like I'm sitting outside the airport waiting for this beautiful lady I've never met before. Right. And I see this, I see this woman walk past the window and I'm like, man, I could just tell like she was beautiful from like the window, just sitting in my car glancing over. And I was like, nah, she's too tall. She's taller than the woman I'm looking for. Right. (laughs) I didn't know this woman had heels on. So low, like I'm sitting there just chilling. And that woman I saw walk through the airport, but knocked on my window. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Man. You know what I'm saying? So, obviously, when we're just visiting, we're on, you're on great behavior. We've got nothing to argue about. But I remember before she moved with me, I told one of my good friends, I said, if she's half as cool living together as she is when we do hang out when we visit each other, I said, I'm marrying her, bro. I said, that's it. Because I remember, like, before I even met her, I remember I texted one morning. I used to text her every morning. So I texted one morning. I was like, good morning, Mrs. Washington, or the future Mrs. Washington. And I was like, is that too weird? She's like, nope, sounds good to me. The name of your company is One Mike Entertainment. How did you, like, stumble across the name? Or did you, like, spend days and years coming up with it? How did you come up with the name? Because being a comic, that's all I ever need. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm that's if I got a mic, I'm ready to go. I don't need there's no entourage. I don't need no 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 sound check really for like the band. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a band member, you need you need a lot of stuff. So to me, one mic was it made sense, and I was just like, I just that's if I got one mic, I'm good. And then I didn't even realize it till years later. Like you break it down, the acronym is one M E. And so I'm like, I like that even more because it's only one me. You'll never find another me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I thought about it. I looked it up and the name wasn't taken and I did it like all in that one day. 
And I was like, that's just what I'm going to roll with, man. And I had no idea it'd be what it is now. Tell me about your comedy. Like, how'd you get started? Or unless you're like too tired of like telling that story over and over again. Cause I'm sure you like, you get that, you get acts that like myself all the time. No, I never get tired of telling me anything about comedy. You'll never hear me get tired of talking about it. Like I've realized that's my obsession. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some people gamble. Some people do drugs. Like comedy is my drug of choice, bro. So the first, what was weird was I remember sitting at a bar and, uh, I knew there was a comedy show going on on the other side and I could hear the comic, but I couldn't hear people laughing. And right away I was just like, I could at least, cause first of all, I was like, man, he's getting paid for that. Right. And I've always thought I was somewhat funny, but it was always, you know, I knew girls like to laugh. You can make a chick laugh. If you was halfway in. That was, that was what I believe. <laughs> so I, 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 I Confidence has never really been a whole lot of issue for me. I've always been way more confident than I should have been. I, pro- I got that. My brother tells me I got the confidence of a light skinned dude with a six pack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, I just happened to know the manager at the club, and I was like, "Hey," I said, "How are you?" I said, "If I wanted to get on stage, how do I go about doing that?" And he was like, actually, he's like, we're losing our host um, in a couple of weeks. He's going to go back to school. He said, so if you want to come down there and give that a shot, he's like, that should work. He's like, just come down in a couple of weeks. And, you know, he was like, that's how a lot of comics get started. And that's how they uh, get comfortable on stage. And I was like, all right, dope. So I didn't tell nobody. I uh, went down two weeks later. And he was like, man, and I was like, you know, I'm, here I am ready to host the show. And he was like, hey, he's like, actually, the guy decided, like, he's not going to go to school, man. He's like, but I'll do, I'll give you a guest spot. And I, I didn't even know what a guest spot was. I was like, what's that? He was like, well, you get to go on and do, like, five minutes before the actual comics do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's, I, I, I can make that work. And nervous as shit, man, I think I had a drink or two. And I knew I couldn't get drunk, you know what I'm saying, out of nerves. And I knew, like, the show was going to start like right at that time and it was a packed house packed house and it's in my city you know what i'm saying so i'm like if i suck some i'm i'm like i'm gonna know somebody in that crowd but i just kind of i do the same thing i do to this day i get there early i kind of listen to people talk and kind of take in the atmosphere and when the guy introduced me i just went up but i could feel like my heartbeat my heartbeat felt like it was in my throat you know what i mean and i as i'm on stage I'm telling myself, breathe, like, calm down, calm down, calm down. And I happened to look down, and there was a guy that I used to work with sitting right in the front row. And when I saw him, and he was laughing, I said something to him, and I got so calm, man, I ended up sitting down. I took a seat, like, on the stage and just let my feet dangle. And I was just, I was good. Like, that five minutes got up, but it was like, it scared the crap out of me. Like, I was scared as shit. But I was, it was that scare where I couldn't wait to do it again. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't wait to do it again. I was like, fuck, I, 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 I'm, I might have some. And then like hearing people afterwards be like, man, you never know that was your first time. And that built my confidence up even more. 
And so then I started going down on a regular basis. And now my friends and family are starting to come. And they're like, like my brother always told me, he's like, man, he's like, it seems like you've been sneaking behind our back doing this shit for a long time. He's like, you're way too comfortable on stage. You know, but like I say, that I, if you give me enough time, I can make you believe almost anything. <laughs> you know, so and um, I did that for like six months. But I wasn't the, they, I always wanted to host it. And then like, I started having all these friends come with me and stuff. And it got to the point, man, like, you know, I'd be, there were 20, 25 people and I wasn't even getting a free drink. And so then my business side kicked in and I was just like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, I'm not making a dime. We just spent like, everybody paid money to get in. We're drinking more than anybody. I'm like, we, we, we're in here spending good money. And I don't see none of that. So my entrepreneurial spirit was like, put it together yourself. And at least if nothing, at least you make some money, you know, and you, when your friends come. And that's when I just started booking my own show. So I started booking my own show like six months after I started doing comedy. I had no fucking idea. It basically was just a glorified party. And I performed sometime within that party. And I used to have friends, like I'd rent out VFWs and American Legions. And I'd find a fancier space if I wanted it to be fancy. I'd order food so people could come, man, and just to get it out there. And before you know it, after a while, like now a couple of bars was like, hey, what are you, what are they charging you over there? Well, maybe I can get it to you for this. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm on my, this is my 13th season at the carpet. So I've been at the same building for 13 years now. How do you balance being dad, Adrian, husband, Adrian, or, or like, like having a job while also pursuing comedy? Yeah. Cause I've always, man, uh, I've always had a job until like two and a half years ago. Um, but you know, comedy for the most part, it was only on weekends. And that was the thing here. I knew the shows here were every Friday and Saturday. And then in the summer, I think they were just every Saturday, I want to say. And I just, I had to just keep working, man. I knew I had to keep working and consistency. Like I didn't have consistency to begin with. Like people would be like, hey, when's the next show? I'm like, I don't know. So I'd be doing a show like whenever I could get a place. You know what I'm saying? So there was no, you know, I didn't have no calendar then. There was no, you know, I didn't have no website, no nothing. It was just word of mouth. I get flyers print it up and I go pass out as many flyers as I could, me and my friends. And uh, like being a parent, like my son, I only had one kid at the time when I started and he was coming every other weekend. So I had a lot of time in between, you know what I mean? I tried not to schedule anything when I had him, but that gave me, you know, so that's why I was going every other week. So then when I was putting my own show on, I could like, I can pick whatever date I want because this is my thing. And I made sure it didn't interrupt with the days I had him. You know what I'm saying? So at, then then um, a few years later, uh, you know, I had my second son. And because Mace was born in uh, 07. So I had been doing comedy for like three years already. And but me and his mom was together for a while. So like she knew I did comedy. So if. I had a show, then it's not like I needed a sitter. You know what I'm saying? And then with my job, I just like every job I went into, once I took comedy serious, 
I let them know, like, if I have a show, that show's going to happen, even if I lose this job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there was no... I'm, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I remember, man, I used to be like a runner. I used to be a runner for this food company out here. It'd be, you know, I'd have a show that Friday, and it'd be like fucking three o'clock in the afternoon, and they'd be like, hey, we need you to run, drop this off in Rochester. I'm like, I ain't going to no Rochester, man. I got a show tonight. And they're like, well, this is your first job. I'm like, no, this is my first job to you. And what was dope about that was one of my supervisors, man, he knew, like, he had come to a couple of shows, and he really liked it, and he saw, like, the people were really taking it in. So he always did his best to find somebody. There's been time, man, he was like, man, um, he's like, I'll do it, Adrian. Don't worry about it. He's like, go do your show. Have fun. You know what I'm saying? Do you still get nervous when, uh, like, before a show? Um, I don't get nervous anymore because I'm, I'm like I said, confidence has never been an issue. Uh, anticipation makes my heart, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't wait. So now instead of nerves, it's like I can't wait to get on. So that's why I love going places where I'm not a factor. I love being on shows with Donnell and, you know, um, I've toured with Chris Kattan and like these people who they're the ones on the poster. I'm like, nobody's there to see me. So I love them not knowing. And then all of a sudden I get off stage. Everybody's like, Hey man, you were the guy. You just at the bar and you taking pictures with people. You know, so I see somebody trying to take a selfie. I'd be like, you want me to take this picture for you? They'd be like, yeah, that's nice of you. Then you get off stage. They're like, why don't you tell me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, if it's a big show, if it's a big show, like I get in there, like I brought Steve over here a couple of times, that show. And then, you know, and I, I, I didn't write for a very long time, man. So I always just shot from the hip. I've been shooting from the hip for the last 11 years. And to not have a plan is almost kind of scary, but I love it because some of the best shit I've ever said came from me not having a plan. There's so much, so many great things that have happened in comedy for me that I could never write without the audience participation. So that's why I just like, I remember doing a show like 12 years ago and I headlined like a New Year's Eve show and I didn't write a word and I did a 45 minute set. And I literally remember walking off stage, smiling to myself and all that chaos. I was thinking, I was like, man, they're in trouble now. We are in trouble now, bro. Because <laughs> I just knew, you know, I knew it, man. And I'm like, and it wasn't easy. Like I've built, I've, you know, I've lost relationships because of this shit, man. I've missed some, I've missed some events in my kid's life because, you know, I'll, I'll go out of town or I'll have to be gone for something. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm still a dreamer, man. So like, I always, I believe in signs. If there's certain things that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, especially when it comes to comedy. That's what I love about my wife. My wife understands that that's how I, that's how I am. You know what I'm saying? So if, if, if it's something I'm supposed to be at, whether I'm performing or not, like I still go out to comedy shows as a fan. You know, I've seen, I've got to hang with Chappelle. I've seen Chappelle perform a few times. I never was going to hope I got on stage. Of course, if he said I could get on stage, I would, but I go, man, just to soak that all up. Like that's, that's I, I can Richard was my favorite, but they like beat Richard to me. You know what I mean? Because I, I really got to see this dude work and have a conversation with him and all that shit. And then I, I know I'm in the right place when I'm around those guys. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, 
went out to see uh, see him and Rogan in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I wasn't out there for 24 hours, bro. I hit Donnell up, said, I saw, I see you're going to be with Chappelle and Rogan. And he was like, yeah. He's like, man, if you get out there, I got you. And I was like, okay. And I just started like breakdancing. My wife was like, what the hell are you dancing for? <laughs> and I showed her the text. And she was like, she didn't have to ask if I was going. She was like, when you got to leave? And I was like, Shh, I got to leave in a couple of days. So I literally, I got a buddy pass, man, um, for that. What was that, a Saturday? I got a buddy pass. And I flew out of Minneapolis at 1030 that morning. Got to Salt Lake City, checked into my hotel. I was back in Minneapolis, bro, at 8.30 that Sunday morning. I was running off fumes, bro. <laughs> but it was so dope because they were at the amphitheater, man, and it was 23,000 people there. Just fucking, just insane for a comedy show. And to be back there, man, to be backstage with all that, and then just to have Rogan be dope, and I knew Dave was already dope. You know what I'm saying? It was just so many... Dope ass people, and people come from like some of the people who play sports. And like one of the guy I met, uh, his name's Gabriel. He's the new Terminator. You know what I'm saying? Like he was there. Like me and him are friends now just because of that night. You know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy. <laughs> and so that's like I'll, I'll sacrifice some shit uh, anytime. Like not as like I say, that's what I love about my wife, man. Like because we've had plans for stuff, and I'm be like, hey, I gotta, you know. Like when Chappelle had residency here in Minneapolis, I told my wife, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know he's there for four days and I plan on being down. I'm like, whatever they got going on, I just want to be a part of it. She was like, all right, cool. You know, and that shit was like a movie, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and my son, you know, I got my son, my oldest son is 24 now. So I got to bring him down one night. He got to meet Dave, you know, Donnell was like, man, that's what it's about. He's like, that's dope. Because Donnell's like a new father. His kid's only like three years old. You know what I mean? So he's like, that's dope, man, that you and your son are like here having a beer together and watching the shit. You know what I'm saying? And my son was just like super. My son's not a, a very he, – he doesn't uh, express his emotions a whole lot. But he texted me the next day, and he was just like, man, thanks again for inviting me. He's like, so dope to see you in good hands and see that the big homie's looking out for you. And I was just like. You know, like Stan Lathan was down there, bro. Like it was fucking crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> the first time you got on stage was in 2005, which is actually the first time I ever got on stage. I never continued. Like I, I, I. That's when I like I was just doing it, having fun. I mentioned it on a previous episode. I don't regret it. It's just um, I didn't really pursue it until after I moved to Iowa and Arizona. And uh, like, how did you? make it work because i know when after i moved back here to iowa after doing comedy for a few years i just felt like i had to start all over and i I say that a lot but like it it really was it really it really felt like uh i was a i was a new comic i was in a new market and i just didn't understand uh how to navigate um, how did you make things work in st cloud like how did because you really build a lot of things from the ground up having been like you just kind of started and you just it just kind of took off from there i was battling against a club here in st cloud that had been open for like 20 years you know what i'm saying so no matter how hard i worked there'd be people i knew and they'd be like oh we went to comedy last night I'm like where'd you go oh we went to run runners oh we went to first street i'm just like god damn and i'm like i had a show last night i'm like there's comedy at the carpet and they're like we didn't know like since when 
because the guys at the carpet, that's one of the things they told me. They're like, if this takes off, they're like, you're going to have to be the one to put the work in for it. They're like, we're not going to do a whole lot for you. But I was like, you know what? I'm cool with that. I don't need you to do the fucking work. I don't mind doing the work. And that's, I just stuck with it, man. They tried to get me to quit it before. You know what I'm saying? They're like, hey, maybe this ain't working. And, you know, I was like, fuck it. I was just I'm like, don't, y'all ain't got to help me with nothing. Because that's when they were like helping me pay for the comments. They're like, you know, we don't see the money coming back. I was like, don't worry about the money. Keep your fucking money. I'll do it myself. And, you know, look at, look at now. You know what I'm saying? Like now it's just, and that's beautiful because they know, I think that's why they're they're happy for me. And they're happy to have me because they know it wasn't easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I man, I could have gave up a lot. I could have gave up at any time. And I think I just posted a stat about that yesterday for the biggest the biggest difference between people who make it and people who don't is, for the most part, somebody gave up. You know what I'm saying? If you don't give up, man, if you, because like, I've learned that time's gone past regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, you don't regret quitting, but imagine where you'd be if you wouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? And that's one thing I've never, from the day I got on stage, has never not been a time I didn't want to do comedy. Even in my tough times in life, like, I didn't feel like I was funny when I was going through shit in life because my secret to my success is, you know, I'm happy on stage because I'm really happy in life. I can't fake that. You know what I'm saying? So if I have an issue, like, and that's one of my rules, I'm like, if there's something wrong, don't let me know the day of the show. Save it for the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had some bad shit happen and I'll see it on Facebook where a relative has died or whatever, and I'm like, I can't even pay attention to it right now. I'll deal with it tomorrow because if I think about it now, then it's going to fuck up what I need to do tonight. You know what I'm saying? And I still like, and I'm one of those people too, I believe whether it's two people or 200 people, man, those people paid and they deserve a show. You know what I'm saying? And I had to learn that. I wasn't like that at first. I had to learn that, man. And I learned by being a customer. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to see all these big dudes come to Minneapolis. We go to Minneapolis, man, and, you know, we'd be dressed to the nines. we get hotels. and You spend $100 on a ticket, and you see these niggas. They come back, man, and you're like, you doing your set from your special? You know what I'm saying? You doing your set from your special? Yeah. Or you doing the same shit you did three years ago? Like, man, if I know this shit, you shouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I remember that was one thing I knew when I got in the comments. I was like, I never want to be one of those guys where people are like, I know what he's going to do. Like, I know his set. You know what I'm saying? Especially as much as I perform at home. Home makes me work the hardest because I do have a lot of the same people that come to see me. But I never want those people to come like, oh, well, you know, he's going to do the same thing he did last month. It's like, no. And I think that's what made me improv so much. Plus, I'm just a natural shit talker anyway. I've been talking shit for a long time. And I'm quick-witted with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need jokes for that. Like, you're never going to out-talk me. <laughs> you mentioned having four different DVDs. Like, you've done that before. But this is your first time actually doing an audio comedy album. Like, what? Like why now? Like, why did you decide after, you know, doing comedy for almost two decades, you felt like, all right, I need to put out a, a, a CD, a comedy audio um, mostly just the change of times. 
You know what I'm saying? Like my last batch of DVDs was hard to sell because a lot of people were like, man, I ain't got no DVD player no more. You know what I mean? And I just, I started hearing, yeah, and I started hearing that and I'd be like, damn, you know, why why can't I get rid of these? And then I knew like the people like me and they'd just be like, man, I'm, I just don't, you know, for the last probably year at least, if not a couple of years, that would that'd be people's thing. They'd be like, man, I don't, I don't have a DVD player. So that's what was nice about when I got the shirts because then people were like, oh, I'll buy a shirt. You know what I mean? So I know most cars still have a CD player in them. So that honestly, and then like my boy, Corey Adam, Corey had did one. Corey did a couple CDs and I listened to him. You know what I'm saying? I listened to him and I seen how happy he was with the process of it and the artwork and everything. And I was like, that's kind of dope. And, and I think what got me caught up in the DVDs was I always enjoyed comedy more when I could see it and versus just like, there wasn't too many things or comedy specials I just listened to without being able to see it. You know what I'm saying? So I grew up in that era where, you know, you watch comedy, you don't listen to comedy, you watch comedy. So I think that's what got me stuck with that. And then like with just the change of times, I was just like, you know, CDs are probably easier to sell because everybody's still got a CD player. You can go, you can literally leave here and put this in your car or you can be at home with your friends sitting around a fire or whatever. You can put that in. And then the download code for the youngsters, because, you know, young people want everything on their phone or their computer. You know what I'm saying? So the download code was dope. I've seen comics, you know, I think Corey had some of those. And then I seen another guy at the house of comedy with him. My boy Trix had him. And I was like, man, that's dope. Cause you know, as a comic, you gotta, you gotta carry so much shit. You like whatever I can cut down on carrying. <laughs> like my cards, I can put my cards in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? You can put them in your pocket, bro. Like, here you go. $10. The album was called Cut from a Different Cloth. Uh, how did you like? How did you come up with the name? I uh, first and foremost want to say thank you because you actually bought my album and I've I've had the pleasure of purchasing yours. But you like as many different ways that I have for my album. You uh, you you just did two things. You just you have a physical CD and you have a digital. And I remember when I purchased it because uh, I was like, hey, let me let me get an album. Uh, you took a picture. Uh, you sent you sent the you know through Facebook Messenger. It was like boom. I was like, oh, okay, that's what we doing. That's what we doing. That's how so so many of these people man message me on Facebook, and I'd be like, hey, Cash App, Venmo, Facebook Pay, whatever. I get that money. I'm like, there you go, and I just write sold on the card and throw it away. That's it, man. You know what I'm saying? But I also know like a lot of because like some people too, they were like, uh, can you? give me a signed copy, you know what I mean? So they want a signed copy of the actual CD, you know, and, and that's been dope too. It's been very well received, man. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. Like really happy with it. Only problem is now, like I know I'll do another one. I'll do another one soon. I feel like I can do another one like right now, just because I've had so much time. This is like the longest I've not been on stage. My last, excuse me. My last show was March 14th. And cut from a different cloth, it just, to me, it just means, like, I'm just, I do stand-up comedy. There's no gimmick. There's no nothing. Like, I stand there with one mic, man, and I just bring you to my world. And I think that's a gift. You know what I'm saying? I think that's really a gift. And the gift 
is to make anybody laugh. Like I don't, I don't have a certain like people are always like, oh, you can get nervous when you go here, you go there. I'm like, nah. Laughter is the most universal thing in the world. Funny is funny no matter how you write it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's dope to hear. You get, I get these messages from a father who's 55 and his son's 25. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, man, we both laugh so hard. Like a, a dude wrote me a message last year about like him and his dad had been to like all these shows. And he's like, it would have been easy for you. It was me and Trix. He said it would have been easy for you guys to like not give a damn and put on a half-ass show. He's like, but it was like probably one of the best bonding experiences me and my dad ever had. And we did it at your comedy show. You know what I'm saying? And that means a lot to me. Like, I, that's why I tell people, I'm like, I love comedy, bro. Like, I, that's why I, I deal with people I know who love it, too. I don't want a comic if you just just doing it. You know what I'm saying? I want you to fucking be committed to it because I am. And if you're not committed to it, then, then that's a good thing about putting on the show and being a comic. Like, guess what? If you can't make it for whatever reason or I don't like what you're doing and I got to pull you early. I know I can go on stage and keep the party rolling. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean I'm a cut. That doesn't mean I'm a cut your money or nothing. Like I've never not gave anybody what I told them I was gonna give them. And I love that because that's how I always wanted to be treated. So that's why I tell people now in business, like your your your, your reputation means a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like even when I first started, and I was losing money. I just go to the cash machine. And or borrow from one of my friends until I got to a cash machine, but I've never not given people what I told them I was gonna give them because you know the old oh not as many people showed up as I thought or whatever. It's like nah, you I gotta pay you regardless. It doesn't. I've canceled a show and still paid comics. You know what I mean? Like it's just I, I want to be treated like that. One of the things I thank you for is uh, really giving. Like I, I talked to you before um, I recorded my album because I, I I'd gone back and forth trying to figure out my approach. And uh, I thought, you know, that, that conversation that we had, you know, really just kind of remembering like the things that got you there and, and really just, you know, it's it's your album. Do whatever you want to do. And and uh, I just I thought that's exactly what I needed to hear at the time. What was your approach um, in the process to to your album? Yeah, man. And that's what the, like, I couldn't wait to talk to you. I remember you was like, man, I just want to hit you up about it. Cause I was going through the same shit. And it's like, long as I've been doing this, I was like, oh, you know, cause you believe it's supposed to be a certain way and this and that. And, you know, there's a lot of unwritten rules in comedy, man. And uh, I'm like, I shoot from the hip a lot. I don't want to have it bouncing all over the place. And I was nervous. You know what I'm saying? I was nervous, like coming up to the album. And I was just like, why are you making yourself nervous? Just fucking get on there and do it. However it comes out, you're going to love it because it's yours. You know what I'm saying? And I had to do that. And so then when you called me, I had all, I had overcame that myself. And that's when I was just like, man, look, people are going to tell you this. People are going to tell me, like, do what got you here. You know what I'm saying? Have fun. Like, if you know you got certain jokes you want to do and you want them to go in a certain order, write those down and and and, and figure those out. But if you end up going off the radar, so what is your album? You know what I'm saying? It's your shit. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't owe nobody no explanation for this. For anybody who wants to listen and laugh and hear the album, how uh, how can they purchase it? 
Um, I'm stubborn. Uh, you got to contact me personally. <laughs> There's no outlet you can go to. I am the outlet. Uh, so hit me up at uh, Funny Man Adrian um, on Facebook, or it's under Comedian Adrian Washington. Also, uh, my personal page. If I, I think there's still room for a few more people, um, that's just Adrian Washington or Instagram, Funny Man Adrian W. Um, I also have a website. You can go to the website and email me from the website. Um, it's funnymanadrian.com. So those are the ways you can get it. I'll, I'll definitely make sure you get it. It's only 10 bucks. Um, I got new shirts coming. I got spring and summer colors coming. And I'm excited about those. It's colors I've never ordered before. But I've learned that uh, when you give love, man, you get it back. You know what I'm saying? And I always tell people that I said part of continue to get blessed is make sure you bless other people in the process, you know, and that's why I love people like you because I know you really do take to heart what I tell you. And we didn't know each other from anything, you know what I'm saying? And we drove two and a half hours from Phoenix to Flagstaff or whatever. And we've been friends ever since, you know what I'm saying? I think we saw each other that night at the house of comedy and we talked shit and laughed and I was like, Hey, I'll be waiting for you tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we kicked it, bro. <laughs> you know, and that's one thing I love about this. That's what I miss almost just as much as performing. I miss the atmosphere of comedy. I miss being around other comedians and us just talking shit and having a good time and vibing. You know what I'm saying? Anything left to say to the people, the people that's listening uh, on, on here, uh, my Peace Talk podcast audience? Hey, man, um, do, to the listeners, if y'all do go to Dave's show, man, make sure y'all keep supporting them because it's like how I am here. I am who I am because these people allow me to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? So I take uh, that very seriously. I love when people think of comedy. Um, like I said, I've never had an agent. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing it 16 years and I've never had an agent. And come to find out, I got a ton of agents. You know what I'm saying? My friends, my family people you've done shows for that refer you to other people and i'm ordained now so i i marry people and i make it as funny as they want or as serious as they want but it's all part of you know what i'm saying i got ordained because a guy came to my comedy show and was just like dude i just want to laugh on my way he paid for me to get ordained and everything you know what i'm saying <laughs> so that's another path you can go down man get your money all around the board bro <laughs> I very much appreciate you, brother, for coming on, you know, making time. And uh, like I said, I, I was on yours. So if you guys get a chance, please check out his podcast, which, uh, as he's already mentioned, is uh, streaming on SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple. Uh, it's Comedy and Kinfolk. And I just want to say thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, since I've met you and, and the relationship and, and just being able to be, like you said, a student, but also watch you and learn from you and also hopefully contribute in the right way. Uh, I appreciate your brother. Thank you. Nah, man, you just shit. I mean, we could do this for an hour and a half, brother. I thank you. Thank you for being, uh, <laughs> thank you for being a student, man. Thank you for understanding what goes into it and wanting to do it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Because down the road, that's what's going to happen. And I brought a lot of big name people to St. Cloud. And it's funny because there's so many people there like, dude, I've never heard of St. Cloud. But what I also love about it is, and that's what I used to tell um, the guys in the cities that put on the shows. I said, make sure your people fuck with you for you, not for who you bring. You know what I'm saying? Like the people, 
that support me here, they don't give a fuck about who else is on stage. They come to support me. If you're good, then they're happy about that too. And I, I think that's like the same thing for you. You don't need uh, to bring a big name or somebody famous for you to sell tickets. You sell tickets because you work your ass off and people support what you do. So keep doing that. And then when you do bring somebody big, it's just going to make your name even bigger because I've gotten a lot of fans out of bringing a Steve-O or somebody and people are like, oh my gosh, this, you know what I'm saying? And they didn't even realize I was the guy that gave them the flyer. You know what I'm saying? But that didn't bother me. I knew it was my event and I knew I had a chance to make some of these people lifelong fans. And I still hear that shit from people. And it's dope because then you see the memories that come back. And You know what I'm saying? The first time I brought Steve-O, dude, we had 1,200 people at the convention center. That was insane. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, that's some shit I worked my ass off and lost sleep and damn near got an ulcer from doing, but I was like, it was worth it. In the, you know what I'm saying? In the long run. So just keep doing what you're doing, bro. Um, keep rocking it. Cause you, you obviously took this quarantine too serious cause you're still getting people pregnant and everything. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like the Corona piece. That's what it's going to be. 